Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. Hello. Hey, Matty D. Hey, Kieran. How are you going this fine day? Great. How are you? I'm pretty good. Are you ready to talk some movies? Let's do it. So what we typically do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot of that movie as humanly possible before the movie comes out. And then when it does come out, we go and see it and see how close we got to predicting it. But we're not doing that this week. We're not doing either of those things this week. We're taking a break from that, a well-deserved break, because I feel like this year has just been movie after movie after movie after movie after movie. Even though we haven't done that many predictions, we've been doing them like literally like days before the movie comes out. And that was exhausting. Finally, we've gotten over that hurdle. We've gotten, we've climbed that mountain. We're on the other side. We're skiing down the other side. We're finishing up the relay race or whatever we're doing. And Insert analogy here. Exactly. Uh, I couldn't think of any other ones that were suitable, but... Yeah, we're taking a break from doing that, and we're just going to talk things movies. We're going to take it easy. We're going to put our feet up for a change. I love it. Yeah, and so this is going to be an interesting episode because it's a very interesting concept. So the concept of this episode's movie talk is the best year in movie history. Now, that is not a concept that I came up with myself. So my pal and fellow podcaster, Roxy, actually suggested this to us. He came in and he threw down the gauntlet and he said, (laughs) I reckon I know the best year in movies and you can't beat it. And what that year was, I suppose we'll talk about in a sec. But interestingly enough, what is widely considered the greatest year in movie history is 1939. I'm sure you came across this in your research as well. Yes, yes. It's pretty definitive. Everyone agrees this was the best year in movie history. It was definitely really financially successful. It was successful. definitely a seminal year in movie history. They, uh, I think they said that almost every movie that came out that year is considered like a classic mm. and was financially successful as well. So not only are these movies considered really great movies, but they made a lot of money as well. And there wasn't really like a dud among them. But I don't think I agree with this assessment because- You don't? Okay, so I wrote down four of the movies from 1939 and those were the ones I'd heard of. (laughs) So I haven't necessarily seen all of these movies. So one was Gone with the Wind. Yes. Pretty hard to argue with that. Though, mind you, I don't think anyone in 2023 has been like, oh, Gone with the Wind is a really great movie. (laughs) Unless they're like over a certain age. Because if you ask me, that movie is long, it's slow, eh, a little bit dated. You know what I mean with the Mammy character? Mm Mm-hmm. And then we've got Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Have you no, seen it? me neither. Have no real interest in seeing it. Uh, then we've got The Wizard of Oz. Of course. Of course, sort of Change like cinema. Yeah, but then again, no one like these days is like, oh man, I really like Wizard of Oz is my favorite movie of all time. I think tastes have changed a little bit. I mean, they're still making Wizard of Oz movies. True. I mean, they're making a Wicked movie, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess it had a big impact, but, you know, it is certifiably a classic and probably the only one from 1939. And everybody knows it. Everyone's probably seen it as well. Yeah, it's probably the only one from that year that I know really well and would say, oh, yeah, that's definitely a great movie. And then the last one I have here is Goodbye, Mr. Chips, Mm. which I've heard of, but I've never actually seen. Cool. I've got two more here. I've got Of Mice and Men and Wuthering Heights also came out in 1939. Yeah, but there's been so many adaptations (laughs) of uh, those books. Sure. Those were just two of them. I wouldn't even say that those two versions are the the most well known. Uh-huh. They're, they're not the most notable versions. Like I don't think anybody's really talking about like the 1939 Wuthering Heights. Maybe not. Or um, of Mice and Men. You know, I think the the 90s of Mice and Men is probably more notable than mm-hmm. the 39 version. So that's why I didn't include those because I'm like, yeah, well, you know, they're based on a book first of all, and they're not even the best versions <laughs> of the movie. They're not even the best adaptations. So yeah. So I'm definitely I'm definitely saying 1939 for me. People out there might be saying, oh, those uh, six movies you mentioned are all masterpieces. Mm. And they probably are, but not in my eyes. I think it was the first, well, 
I think the reason that date is so powerful is because they were making these grand movies really for the first time. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, this was, yeah. Like, I guess that's when they really found their footing as movie making. films as well. That's true. That's true. I don't know if Wizard of Oz was the first full-length uh, colour film. It might not be, but it's definitely the most notable first one. Yeah. Early instalment in colour. Because I've seen movies from the 40s as well that were in colour, so <laughs> this was before then. What's your point, Kieran? Move on. So, <laughs> let's dive into the year that Roxy has suggested is the best year in movie history. Well, the best year for movies in history, I should say. Now, the year he actually rang me up very excited and, and started, <laughs> like, reeling off the, these movies to me from this particular year. And I was sitting there going, shit, I don't know if I could beat this at all. But I think I've done it. Uh, and I think Matty D may have done it as well. So... The year that Roxy put on the table was 1994. And that is a good year for movies. That is a very good year for movies. Let's go through all of the, uh, I'd say, notable movies of 1994. And I guess as we go, we can really discuss if we think they're masterpieces or not. And I just threw in some uh, just interesting uh, films in there as well. <laughs> Ones that I just really want to talk about that came out in 1994. But that may help uh, cement the year as the greatest year in movie history. Whether the movie's good or not is really subjective. We might hear a movie on this list, and even though it's considered a terrible movie, we'd be like, oh, I love that movie when I was a kid. What yeah. a great movie. Maybe we should approach it like this. So, maybe if you had to pick just one year and you can only watch movies from that one specific mm -hmm. year, which year would you be happy with eliminating all other years and just keeping these movies? Okay. So, if we approach it from that point of view, I guess that will really help us decide what we'd be happy with, what we'd be happy stuck with. For the rest of our lives. Like, these are the only movies you can watch for the rest of history. So, good luck if there's no movies that you like on there. <laughs> so, the I think I listed, like, the highest grossing movies first. I think okay. the, the first around the first 10 movies are the highest grossing. So, of course, we've got Forrest Gump. What a what a player. Fantastic movie. I don't think that's... I think that's going to be the movie to beat in all of our lists. Is, mm -hmm. is, the, is any movies that, from the year we others. picked that are better than Forrest Gump? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Then we've got The Lion King, which I saw in cinemas back in 1994. Huge movie, great animated classic, one of the best Disney movies made. I'd say I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I'd easily say it's one of the best Disney movies. Next up, we've got True Lies, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. That is I, a fantastic movie. I can take it or leave it personally, but I can I understand it. its popularity. It was better than the Bond movies coming out at that point, let me tell you that. So, <laughs> is, that is that much of an achievement, though? Oh, I guess I guess so in the pantheon of Bond movies. So it came out 1994. It was in the during the the first ever Bond drought. So they went. Uh, I think it was five years without a Bond movie, and it came out right before Goldeneye. He ran out of martinis. <laughs> well, they're in uh, they were in a rights debate with Kevin McClory, but that's besides the point. But yeah, True Lies, directed by James Cameron, uh -huh. uh, probably one of uh, Schwarzenegger's best movies, if you ask me. Yeah. Okay. Some of his other best movies we might talk about <laughs> later. <laughs> So, next up was The Flintstones. Oh, The, the Flintstones yes, with John Goodman. With John Goodman. Look, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I well, enjoyed that yeah, movie as a kid, you know. Do you remember Kyle MacLachlan was the villain? Yes. And Halle Berry was like what, the sexy secretary? What was his secretary? name? He had some like villainous name. He was like some I don't big businessman. Like, yeah, Halle, Halle Berry was his assistant. That's right. Oh, man. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids guy was Barney. That's right. Good casting, i got to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoy the casting. Pretty solid movie. casting. Hardly a masterpiece. I, no. I don't think this is going to help our our, uh, <laughs> our, our cause for, for 1994. No, but i got a soft spot best. in my heart for that movie. Me too, me too. I reference it all the time, being a huge John Goodman fan. My favourite line is, I'm only one man, not from the back. <laughs> <laughs> so next up is The Santa Claus. The one with uh, Tim Allen, oh, who turns right. into Santa Claus. That, okay. I, I mean, they've made a lot of sequels out of that movie. They're still making sequels so, to this day. I guess, who are we to say it's not successful or not a good movie? 
I don't think it's a great movie. No, neither do I, to but be that's honest. my personal opinion. I have a soft spot for it because I loved it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, yeah, I wouldn't say it's up there. Uh, in that same vein, Dumb and Dumber. Classic I've, movie. I've one only- of the best comedies, one of uh, Jim Carrey's better works. Yeah, okay. I suppose during that period, yeah. It's better than The Cable Guy. <laughs> But uh, cable guys, I've, right. I've never actually seen Dumb and Dumber from start to finish. Really? Yeah, I've only seen like clips of it. I watched that movie so much. It uh, really, it up. really doesn't appeal to me, Matty D. Fair enough. There's other Jim Carrey comedies which we may talk about on this list that uh, I think are a little bit better. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. This was his breakout year as well, Jim Carrey. This was Correct. when he became a movie star. Correct. Yeah, so he'd already been in uh, the Deadpool, the Dirty Harry movie, uh-huh. I think in 1989, where he was killed off in like the opening scene, essentially, which is really weird when you see Jim Carrey in a movie. Like you don't expect him to be killed off really early. In. Well, some of his comedies, I, you know, I was kind of hoping for that, but you know. Yeah. Next up, Clear and Present Danger, I'm not the, seen uh, that. the Tom Clancy movie. It's Harrison Ford as um, Jack Ryan. It's actually, it, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's the one where he's going up against like a drug cartel, I believe. But yeah, I'd, I'd recommend all of the Harrison Ford, Tom Clancy movies if you haven't seen them. They're, they're a pretty good time good. And, and underrated. Willem Dafoe is, uh, is in one of them, I believe. <laughs> well, he's uh, always great. I think he's in Clear and Present Danger as a good guy. What? Weirdly enough. Next up is Speed. Keanu Reeves. Okay. Popular movie. Sandy not Bullock. my cup of tea personally, but- Yeah, I'm the same. I'm not too fussed on it. <laughs> But it's a great movie, though. Lots of people consider it a great movie. But are you warmer on the next Jim Carrey comedy movie, The Mask? I love The Mask, too. Who doesn't love The Mask? How crazy is it that he did both of those movies in, in the, the same, same year? year? And The Cable Guy as well, I think, was the same year, too. Was it? I thought it was the year after. Yeah, it could have been. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not on this list, so... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't write The Cable Guy down? No. So, next up, of course, I'm surprised this wasn't higher up on the list, but I guess it didn't make huge box offices, Pulp Fiction. Tarantino's follow-up to Reservoir Dogs. Classic hard, movie. Hard to argue with that. Hard one to argue with considered it. Considered one of the best movies ever made. One of the best Tarantinos, a lot of people would say. Yeah, yeah, easily, easily. I mean, I know we have, we like other Tarantino movies better, but for a while, Pulp Fiction was the movie. Yeah, exactly. So, I think this is one of the entries on this list that really cements 1994 as a solid year. Yeah. Uh, from, from listening back, uh, we haven't had a, like a really solid entry since, uh, <laughs> what was the first one? Uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> that was the first one. And The Lion King. So. Oh, and The Lion King. By the way, Cable Guy was 96. Oh, there so we go. So, it was after. two years later. Okay. So, next up, I'm sure you're going to agree with this one, Matty D. The Shawshank Redemption. I was waiting for you to say this movie. I think this was the movie of 94. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of it personally. I think it's yes, okay, I but uh, I, I don't think it's a masterpiece in the same way that other people hold it up as. Mm. But uh, it's for a long time, it was considered the best movie ever made on IMDb. It was yeah. number one for a couple of years. They, they called it the second Citizen Kane for a while. That's interesting. I mean, I enjoyed it. And I know, I know a lot it. of other people did. Well, heaps of people. Like I said, it's considered by most to be one of the best movies ever made. My favorite story about the Shawshank Redemption is that uh, uh, Stephen King was walking down the street and this woman came up and, and like accosted him, essentially. He was just like, oh, you're the guy who makes all those disgusting horror movies. <laughs> you make those horrible movies. Why can't you make a good movie like the Shawshank Redemption? Because, <laughs> of course, Stephen King wrote the Shawshank. Yes. As a short story, I believe. Yeah, it was a part of, uh, what was the name of the, the book? There was three different short stories in it. It was alongside- We covered this movie a really long Stand, time ago on Stand a previous by podcast. Me and the, I think it's called The Breathing Method. No, that can't be it. Uh, it's called Different Seasons. There you go. Look at this, pulling it off the top of my head. There was a point where I was really into Stephen King adaptations, so I, I've seen almost all of the Stephen King oh, adaptations no. of these. But there's just too many now. I can't there keep up. There is so many. They release at least like three a year, so I can't do that anymore. <laughs> 
So next up, returning to the Jim Carrey well is Ace Ventura Pet Detective. What a classic. We're both big fans what of that What a classic. Movie. Again, not probably not considered one of the best movies ever made, no, but still a certifiable great comedy movie. I love it. Hasn't aged well either in a lot of respects. No, it has We've not. got to say that straight off the bat. I but- still think it's pretty funny, though. Especially the the scene in question that you're talking about. (laughs) It still makes me laugh to this day. Oh my god! Einhorn is a man! So next up, another comedy classic. I don't know if this one's going to be considered one of the best movies ever made, though. Baby's Day Out? Hey, when I was looking at 1994, because we looked at it beforehand, I saw that movie there, Baby's Day Out, which is a favourite of both you and yes. I. Considered no to be one a, else. Considered to be a terrible movie, but we love it. Oh. Absolutely. So it's a John Hughes movie, same director as uh, Home Alone, mm. 16 Candles. And he was trying to Breakfast reignite Club. that magic that he had from Home Alone and things of that nature. Yeah. And, it, and just- it paid off. And it paid off, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, Baby's Day Out is a master. It's hilarious. It's so much fun. Just no one else By the sees way, it. this is a little bit of trivia for you. Watch the trailer for Baby's Day Out. They, there's a blooper in the trailer. Oh, is there? So you, <laughs> That's amazing. Of course remember, there is. Do you remember the scene in the movie where like, the baby ends up in like a, a big woman's shopping bag? Yes. And they're like trying to sneak up behind her and steal the baby from her shopping bag. And it's like bag. A, a larger lady as well. Yeah, that's right. And the, the lady thinks she's like, they're like hitting on her. Yeah, and she ends up beating them up. Because the whole premise of the movie is it's three burglars stealing a baby and the baby runs off. And so shenanigans ensue. That's right. But what's so, the blooper? So in the trailer, and this is still in the trailer if you look it up on YouTube, she drops her shopping bag and spins around to punch the three bad guys. Yeah. And, the, and the shopping bag with the baby in it, I, I think they used a dummy baby, just falls on the ground. You see the baby's head just smack against the hard <laughs> ground. <laughs> and it's obviously like a mannequin or something, right? Yeah, like yeah, I said, like, it's a dummy. Yeah. But it looks really horrific in the trailer. It looks like the baby just went <laughs> head first into like so, hard ground. So people thought they were watching a different movie. Yeah, a snuff film with, with a baby. <laughs> that movie had so many good actors as well. By the way, my other favorite thing from the trailer is- We need to cover Baby's Day Out. Yeah, we day. should just do an episode on Baby's Day. Yeah, a sequel to Baby's Day Out. <gasps> yes. Oh, is, oh. Don't you remember they sequel-baited it at the end of the movie? Yes, yes. Then they he went, to China. Yeah, <laughs> went to China. <laughs> well, the, the, Chinese in, the Chinese film industry is massive right now, so yeah. now is the time to make a second Baby's Day Out. Oh, man, I've got so many ideas. <laughs> Next special episode, Baby's, Baby's Day, Day Out, Day out sequel. 2. <laughs> the movie Fan ne- favourite, Baby's Day Out. People don't even know this movie exists anymore. Yeah. Such a niche thing. You can't get it on any streaming services. The other thing I was going to say about the trailer as well. Do you remember the famous scene in the movie when... Uh, the gorilla? No, not that scene. <laughs> That's a great the scene. Ba- I can't remember the actor's name. <laughs> I love that this is divulged a Baby's Day Out Yeah, talk. Go on. The, the actor's name. He had the baby like under his coat and he was like, had the baby in his lap. Oh, and, he, and, and so the baby plays with a lighter. And, and the, the baby and gets the, a lighter and sets his testicles on fire. And, she, and, he's, and he's sort of waving it underneath his crotch. And, he, <laughs> and he's got a... And you can quite visibly see his testicles through his pants. <laughs> too and this is a children's movie so for context for people who haven't seen this masterpiece he's got the baby he's hiding the baby underneath a coat and there's a police officer talking yeah. to him and he wants to pretend like the nothing. janitor from uh, scrubs is the police officer <laughs> yes that's right oh my god what a great cast and he's obviously trying to pretend like nothing's wrong and this baby underneath the blanket that's near his crutch problematic <laughs> enough already yes. is lighting this lighter and sort of waving but waving it beneath his crutch and it's we were just having some battery trouble <laughs> so his, his testicles are burning and he's trying to play it off like they're not burning so yeah. that the police officer doesn't think anything's wrong. My God, this is a good movie. 1994 is the best year. Thank you, Roxy. <laughs> Just specifically for Baby's Day Out. <laughs> yes. No, in the trailer, they obviously can't show like his testicles being set on fire. So they literally just have a shot of the baby biting his thumb. I'm like, that's not the same impact. 
The trailer makes the movie look a lot worse than it actually is. So let's move on. Next up, staying in the comedy realm. A lot of comedy movies, by the way, in 1994, I've got to say. Big year for comedy, yeah. Uh, Staying in the comedy realm, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Okay, it's like a little bit of an action slash comedy. Yeah. I remember George Lucas has a cameo in the the theme park at the end. (laughs) Hey, it's a good movie. Well, is it as good as the first two, though? Not really. No. No, it's not. Not really. Uh, It's probably the worst of the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Until we cover the eventual sequel on this show. <laughs> Next up, this one's slightly obscure, but it certainly has a place in my life. Blank Check? Did you ever watch the Disney movie so, Blank Check? This is the one about the kid who becomes like a millionaire overnight, right? That's right. Somehow, and then, and then you know, his life changes. Yes, I've so, seen it. I never liked it. Yeah, so there's It was a, weird. There's a mix-up at the bank. <laughs> of course. And there's some is. criminals who are trying to, like, do oh, an illegal uh, money laundering operation. Like, mm. they, they, get, they get confused, and they accidentally give all the money to this child. And the weirdest thing about this movie, and I don't want to talk about it too much, because we've talked- The adult woman love story? Yeah, so there's a female FBI agent who is there and she's trying to investigate the stolen money and yeah. then they have like this weird romance. Like, well, they have a kiss. That's right, at the end. And uh, like he's essentially begging her to go on a date with him and she's like, oh, ring me up in like four years or whatever. And he goes, and he, ma- he says, make it three or something. Yeah, like, that's right. You're still like, you're not of age. And there. then they kiss and this kid's like literally 10 years old. Yeah. And there's a full grown woman. And at the time- Back in the 90s, you just like, yeah. that sort of stuff was accepted. When we were five, we were going like, yeah! Go for it, man. Give it to her. But yeah. I don't know. Watching Even it now, I'm time. like, whoa, this is really gross. I don't agree with it at all. But at least he had a cool house. <laughs> he did have a cool house. I didn't like that movie personally. No, I didn't like I, it either. It sounds like you got a lot out of it. Next up is a movie that's definitely not considered a masterpiece, but it's certainly interesting. Color of Night. Okay. It's a Bruce Willis it. movie. Uh, Brad Dourif is in it as well, but not in a huge role. Uh, he's a therapist who his therapist friend gets murdered, so he has to fill in for like this guy's therapy sessions. But then one of his patients is the murderer. Okay. And there's this whole weird like cross-dressing angle as well. <laughs> like Sons of the Lambs. Bruce Willis. So at this point in the 90s, uh, film noir was really making a resurgence, or neo-noir, we should say, was making a resurgence. So all of the neo-noirs at this point, so think uh, Sea of Love, mm-hmm. think Body Heat, were all, like, very sex-driven. So, they were known for their really, like, erotic, sort of passionate, steamy sex scenes. And this movie was no exception. So, Bruce Willis gets his little Bruce Willis out in the movie. Really? We get a class A look at it in a swimming pool. (laughs) And in the shower, too, so. Well, that'll sell tickets. Yeah, that's the notable thing about that movie. So, next up, uh, I think this one's going to be slightly controversial, The Crow. Okay. A movie I've not ever seen. You've not seen it? No, I know about it. I know how huge it was. Considered to be a masterpiece by many. A a classic. Considered to be a classic as well by many. Not a fan of it personally. No? No. No, that just didn't really click with me. you got to respect the impact it had. Absolutely. And I absolutely do. Mm. I'm not saying it's a terrible movie. It's just not for me. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that. But like it's it's you could see the influences it had, especially in the early 2000s. Like they were just trying to make another crow in a lot of. Yeah. Well, they had a crow TV show, a very short lived crow TV show. Obviously, they couldn't do a sequel. Like uh, that dark superhero. Yeah. Kind of thing like Blade and the Matrix. I kind of. Can oh, see yeah, absolutely. A little bit of the crow in that. And a lot of people said it very much influenced Heath Ledger's Joker as well. I can definitely I can see, see that. that yeah. There's a lot of uh, unfortunate parallels between The Crow and uh, yeah. The Dark Knight as well. Yeah. If, you, if you've ever seen a movie or heard about a movie, you probably know what those parallels are. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, I don't know why I wrote this on the list, but I thought it was interesting. D2, The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> okay. The sequel to The Mighty Ducks. I- I've seen it. I can't remember anything about it. Neither can I. I mean, they're all good, they're all good movies, The Mighty Ducks. Yeah, I guess so. 
had its own uh, cartoon spin-off series around this <laughs> Where point. they're actually ducks? Yes. <laughs> Who fight crime. Yeah, of course. With hockey. Which, which is what you did back then. If, you, if there was something that was popular, you would just made it into a cartoon and you made it a crime-fighting team. You can tell we're at the arse end of 1994 at this point, uh-huh. because the next one on my list is Double Dragon. What is that? The Mark Dacoscus movie. It's a, like a comedy kung fu movie. Okay, oh, dear. Uh, adapted from the video game of the same name. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alyssa Milano was the uh, like love interest in that movie. Uh, that's pretty much all I'll say about that movie. Okay, all right. Not good. On the other hand, the next movie on this list is Ed Wood. Great movie. I watched that recently. I watched that recently too. Mm. I watched it two weeks ago. I would say it's one of Johnny Depp's best performances. Absolutely. I'm with you 100%. I really like Vincent D'Onofrio's Orson Welles in that movie too. Very good, isn't it? It's very good. He's so good. And I'm not usually a fan of Tim Burton, but I'd say this is my favourite Tim Burton movie. This is a good Tim Burton movie. Absolutely. It was, it was, yeah, it was brilliant. It's considered one of Tim Burton's best as well. And I believe it was up for some awards that year too. So, yeah. Well-deserved. It's Great very movie. much underrated now. People don't really talk about it now. Mm. But, oh, let's not forget Martin Landau as Bella Lugosi. Yes. Fucking forget so about it. good. I actually thought it was Bella Lugosi for most <laughs> of the movie, forgetting that he died in the 50s. He was, he was amazing. And their, their relationship on screen was really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, great, great movie, great movie. I think it, it made a little bit of a resurgence when the Disaster Artist came out. I think because oh, like, yes. people made were making parallels between the Disaster yes, Artist. Yeah, and you're Edward. absolutely right. But yeah, these days it, it's kind of forgotten. When people talk about Johnny Depp, they talk about like Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean they talk yeah. about Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Edward Scissorhands, about, which is a great movie. Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Um, but people kind of forget about Edward. Arguably, one of his best performances. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Next up, the Hudsucker Proxy, the what Coen the Brothers movie. It's about the guy who invented the uh, hula hoop. <laughs> what? It's about as good as it sounds. <laughs> okay. um, I really didn't like it. I really, really didn't like it. I saw it for the first time a couple of years ago when I was going through my huge Coen Brothers phase, uh-huh. uh, which has been going on for like 15 years now. <laughs> yeah. But I hadn't seen the Hudsucker Proxy. Yeah, wouldn't watch it again. Okay. So, didn't really like did it. the guy who invented the hula hoop have an interesting life? Uh, it wasn't a true story. It was, okay. it was a fictional story. It was very weird. It was sort of like a, a well, scathing, Brothers movie, it's a so. scathing skewering of the business world. Ooh. Okay. Next up is a movie I haven't actually seen, but I've been meaning to see it. I almost watched it last night for research for this show. Interview with a Vampire. Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt. You know what? Kirsten Dunst. I've never seen it either, but- I'm told it's good. Yeah, me too. And I've seen so much of it and heard so much yeah. of it. I feel like I've- I You've know seen it movie. through proxy. Yeah. The Hudsucker proxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I can't talk too much about it, except, you know, I've, I've been meaning to watch it, so it but must be pretty good. At the time, big movie, I guess, made f- vampires fashionable again, made vampires yeah. sexy. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, another masterpiece, Junior, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito oh, movie, where he gets pregnant right. and gives birth. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> terrible, I mean- Terrible movie. Wasn't that movie going to be called The Experiment originally? Yes. And and they were like, let's not do that. <laughs> yes. It's a bit uh, shifty. Mm. We got Junior instead. Look, not my cup of tea. No, not my cup of tea either. But- I did watch the hell out of it back in the 90s, so- Yeah, a movie you couldn't make today either. No. I, I prefer Twins. Yeah, me too. It's pretty much the same movie, but without yeah. the baby angle. Next up, another movie that- eh, I don't think you've seen it, but I'm very lukewarm on it. Killing Zoe. I think it's Killing Zoe. Now that is Roger Avery's first directorial. Yeah, movie. no, I've, same I, year as Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I've I've heard of it and I've heard yeah I've heard bits and pieces of it, but I haven't seen it either. Let's not forget that uh, Roger Avery co-wrote and uh, more or less co-directed. Uh, well, no, he didn't co-direct. He wasn't around to direct it. Uh, Pulp Fiction with Tarantino. Yeah. So yeah, Roger Avery. Eh, he's still credited as one of the writers, though Tarantino did the finished script. So Roger Avery's stories are in Pulp Fiction. 
but it's still credited to Tarantino. Mm. And they're both friends to this day, so it's not like they had a falling out. Or didn't they have a falling out at the time, or uh, good now? There was a bit of a, like a well, they never really fell out, but there was sort of like a bit of a debate of who wrote the movie essentially. Right. But yeah, so he he directed Killing Zoe. Uh, yeah, not a masterpiece. Okay. Maybe I need to reevaluate it. It's been a while since I've seen it. Next up, another masterpiece, Little Rascals. I was Little waiting for when Little Rascals showed up. Yeah, this is a classic. One of my favorite childhood movies. Me too. I used I... to watch it all the time. Me too. Da, na, 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 na. Of course, uh, a, a movie adaptation of the classic 30s, Our Gang and Little Rascals shorts. Uh, I still watch this movie to this day. Yeah. Not considered a great movie, but I still really like it. I think they they nailed a Donald Trump is in this movie, yes, by the that's way. That's right. <laughs> he has a cameo. It's the bad guy's dad, the appro- bad guy's appropriately dad. enough. Yes. The bad kid's dad. Waldo's dad. Hi, Dad, it's me. You're gonna be so proud of me, I'm gonna win this race. Waldo, you're the best son money can buy. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, I loved Little Rascals. I think it was a good child movie for the 90s. Yeah. Did what it needed to do well. What a classic. It's up there with Dennis the Menace. Have you seen the actors now? Yes. It's yeah, of course so I have. so crazy because they look like that. You're like, oh, they're, they're, they just look they like are, adult they? versions of the, <laughs> the characters from the movie. Yeah, now they're in their late 30s. That's right. They're all older than us. Mm. So next up is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the <sighs> Kenneth Branagh, Helen and Bottom Carter one. Oh, Robert De Niro. Robert Robert De Niro is Frankenstein. No, he's Frankenstein's monster. Sorry. Kenneth Branagh is Frankenstein. I can't believe I did that. That's like a cardinal movie sin. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes, what a mess this movie was. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. I kind of liked bits of it. It was kind of a fun ride, but it was just all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, it was a piece of shit. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) Maverick. Cool. Mel Gibson. Uh, Who else was in Maverick? Jodie Foster. That was the cowboy one, the Western, right? Yeah, it was a Western where he plays cards, based on the TV yeah. show of the same so it was name. Mel Gibson, and then he, who was his father? Um, I thought the twist was his father was... The bad guy, maybe. It's been a while since I've seen Maverick. I last watched it in 2017. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's pretty good. I, I remember up. liking it. I remember enjoying it. Saw it when I was a kid, enjoyed it back then too. Mm-hmm. Speaking of another movie that I saw as a kid, Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, classic. With the, the guy from, uh, what's his name, uh, Richard Attenborough? Yes. Yeah, so yeah Richard about- Attenborough from Jurassic Park. This is the famous Santa Claus movie. Yeah, where he goes to court. <laughs> Are you Santa Claus? Yes, I am. I don't believe you. That's the whole movie. <laughs> And it turns out he's actually Santa Claus. Yes. Or so we think. Next up, Natural Born Killers, directed by uh, Oliver Stone, adapting Tarantino's work. Tarantino absolutely hates it. <laughs> but I own it. Uh, it's all right. Not not brilliant, but uh, Woody Harrelson. Uh, what's her, the other actress's name? Julia something. Ooh. Sorry if you're listening. <laughs> I can't remember her name. Woman from, uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Okay. Strange Days. Oh, it'll come to me later, but let's move on. <laughs> it'll just, like, pop out during the episode. Next one is an obscure one. Another one with Jodie Foster. She was fresh off Maverick. Was Nell. Have you ever seen the movie no, Nell? what's Nell? So, it's directed by Michael Apted, who did um, the 7-Up documentary series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. As well as the James Bond movie, The World Is Not Enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, this was the movie that got him the uh, World Is Not Enough uh, gig. But it's about uh, these people who find uh, Jodie Foster living in the middle of the woods and she speaks like this weird language. I've heard of this movie. Yeah. She speaks like a very bizarre language because she was raised by like a, a, a cut off family and she yeah. has no like concept of the outside world. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like it'd be like one of the 1994 comedy movies, but no, it's not. It's a drama. I believe it's based on a book, but I can't exactly remember. It never piqued my interest, that one. 
Yeah, it's 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 okay. It's okay. But not great. Okay. On the other hand, the next movie I got on the list is The Page Master. Oh god, The Page Master. The Page Master. I saw this one in cinemas. I think they were doing like a special with, re-release on with it. With Macaulay Culkin, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, Macaulay yeah. Culkin turns into a cartoon character in a magic library. It yeah. goes through an adventure through all <laughs> these different genres of books. It's fantastic. It's it's great. Underrated. <laughs> yeah. Nobody ever actually, talks about it now, but it's a really, really actually, good movie. Yeah, and it was very, very ambitious, and I don't think it got the credit it no. deserved. Maybe at the time it did, but yeah, certainly now no one ever knows about the Page Master. Sticking with Macaulay Culkin. Same year, Richie Rich. The downfall of Macaulay Culkin yeah. is this movie. Um, that was like the last big movie he did. I liked this movie. I when loved I was it when a I was kid, a kid. But then I just liked anybody fighting on, you know, Mount Rushmore. Even though it's not technically well, Mount, it's Mount Rushmore, Richmore. it's Mount Richmore, Richmore but because it was his family's heads. But yeah, that's all the movie needed to do for me to enjoy it. And the bad guys firing a laser at them. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, the next one on my list is Wes Craven's New Nightmare. It's sort of like a very strange take on Freddy Krueger. It was like a- I haven't seen it. It takes place in the real world, and uh, Freddy Krueger is a character, and Wes Craven's a character in the movie, and the movie's about the actress who played uh, Nancy from the first movie, Heather Langenkamp. She's being harassed by a real version of Freddy, Uh and her son is being, like, possessed by Freddy. Sounds lame. It was lame. (laughs) I really, really didn't like it. A lot of people consider it the best uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Oh, okay. It's and it's actually the most critically acclaimed Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But it's not a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It's, it's sort of like a spin-off Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Where did this come in sort of the- It came right before Freddy vs. Jason. When I say right before, about right. 10 years before Freddy vs. So, Jason. So they had uh, quite a few Nightmare on Elm Street movies before. That's right. So it was the last of the the, the classic run of Nightmare right. on Elm Street. And so that's, that's probably him trying to like reboot the series. Essentially so. One of the first attempts to do this. Yes. The one thing that really holds back the movie for me is Heather Langenkamp is such a terrible actress. (laughs) And I can't watch her carry a whole movie. (laughs) And the last one that I have on the list for 1994 movies is Police Academy. I believe this is the eighth one or maybe the seventh one. Mission to Moscow. Okay, so I'm going to say something that's very controversial here. I cannot stand any of the Police Academy movies. I never I understood. The Even the first one. I sat I sat through the first one and I just I just didn't get it. Not particularly brilliant, but I have a soft spot for the first one because I grew up watching that movie. But right. I agree with you. I wouldn't say that any of them are masterpieces. Whenever I ask somebody who likes these movies, what what's what's the cool thing about the movie? They always just reference the guy who makes sounds. I'm like, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Michael Winslow. That's a good stick, but like what what's good about the movie? No, nah, there's boobies in it. Sure. There's, I think there's always a scene with boobies in sure. all of them because it was if the That's 80s. what you're getting from your films, Karen. But this is 94, so <laughs> I didn't even see this one, I don't think. I remember the poster for it. They're in like a hot air balloon. Oh, God. I, I spent many a day staring at the poster because it was up in our, uh, I think it was our history class in high school. <laughs> and so we, when you were daydreaming, when you were supposed to be learning about history, you were looking up. Yeah, I was looking up at, at Hightower, Steve Gutenberg. Hot air balloon. Yeah, that's right. That guy with the um, with the squeaky voice who's in all of them. What's his? Kieran, we're focusing on the Vietnam War. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's probably why I don't know very much about history. Movie <laughs> it's history, Police though. Academy's fault. That was everything in 1994 that I thought was worth talking about. Cool. Great year. Strong contender for best year. There but was no Indiana Jones movies in that year, was there? Do you really think an Indiana Jones movie came out in the mid-90s? <laughs> no. Come on, man. <laughs> no, no, no. But I want to hear what you've got. But it, I just want to say that was a great year. That's hard to top. Yeah. That's yeah. hard to top. It's hard to top. Lots of hard great movies top. in there. Yeah. I would I would argue, though, that probably only about five of them, I would say, are masterpieces. Yes. And so, if we're gonna, are we going to go into my- Yeah, please. Yeah. So, that, that was the funny thing about it. When I was looking at all these years, I was like, 
There are, so, there are a lot of years that there are like about four or three movies that are really good, but only four or three movies yeah, that's at right. the very, very most. So when I was going through years like 1991, 1999, 1989, oh, 1975. Yeah. I was very close to doing 1989 as my year. 1980, I was like, there are some oh, yes. really good movies here, but, you know, they're- there, you know, there are only there are only like a few good movies, and the rest are kind of like, yeah, eh, whatever. And that was the problem I was having when I was trying to see what was the best movie or what was the best year in movies. And I kept going back to one specific year. Oh yeah, and I just in my heart I couldn't do anything else. So I want I want you to picture this, Kieran. I want, okay. I, I want you I want you to picture being at home, like relaxing. Maybe you got an Xbox. Maybe you got a PlayStation. The internet is in its infancy. So what year is this? You might have oh, a wait, Walkman. No, that's what I'm trying to work out. You might have a Walkman. I would have just- not had a Walkman and an Xbox at the same time. <laughs> Those are two very different points in my life. It was the dawn. It was an innocent time, but the world is just beginning to change because we had a tragic incident that set the world, changed the world forever. The world wanted escapism, but they always, but they also wanted to confront you with political issues. And the movies that were coming up were. Movies that would affect cinema for the next 20 years, and I'm talking about 2001. Wow, okay. What a great year. Yes. Fantastic. I can't wait to get into <laughs> so, it. So, just a few mentions. Firstly, The Fellowship of the Ring. I was going to say, the Lord first of the Lord of the Rings movie. Yep, masterpiece. Yep. Brilliant movie. Can't go wrong with that. Not my favorite. Not my favorite. Not but your still, favorite, but still. Uh, one of the best series of movies- Hard to argue with that. Ever made, in my opinion. Uh, shout out to Maholland Drive. I thought you would oh, appreciate the Lynch that. Movie. David, David Lynch, Lynch movie. movie. Again, not my favorite David Lynch movie, but still a notable one. <laughs> the Man Who Wasn't There. Oh, fantastic movie. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton, Scarlett Johansson. What a good movie. James Gandolfini. Underrated. Uh, Coen Brothers movie. Coen Brothers Very movie. Very un- uh, Francis McDormand as well is in that brilliant movie. One of my favorites. Speaking of huge starts to franchises. You may disagree with me, but Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yep. Huge movie. Go. Christopher Columbus directed that one. Created. One of, one of the two good Harry Potter movies, in my opinion. <laughs> created the Harry Potter sensation. Donnie Darko. Oh, yes. Great movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I like mean, it too. Very popular cult classic. Spirited Away. Oh, masterpiece. Yes. That's a Love Studio that Ghibli movie. One of the one of the better. It is my favorite Studio Ghibli movie. I mean, all of his movies are great, but this one is particularly good. Yes. Monsters, Inc., Great movie. Was in 2001. I really liked it. Great Pixar movie. So far, this is this has just been <laughs> hit after hit after and hit. And that's for me. Why, when I'm looking at these list of movies, I'm like, they're remaking these movies. Or they're still doing or new they're, Or they're doing, you know, continuations or they're rebooting or they're trying to capture the magic. So I'm just like, this year really, this was, it was a real milestone for cinema. Yeah. Uh, I want to shout out Beautiful Mind, Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good movie. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it was it was kind of that style, that inspirational kind of thing. I think I love I a think, good movie about maths. <laughs> <laughs> I like it less than I probably should <laughs> did originally, but okay. still still all right. Huge movie, Shrek came yeah, out course. in two thousand and one. <laughs> yeah. We're still seeing Shrek installments to this day, I believe, or at least yeah. we're getting Puss in Boots movies. <laughs> yes, yes. A huge movie for a whole generation Seminal of Seminal movie for a whole generation. Yeah, they love Shrek. Um, well, that's our generation. Well, I mean, that's our generation, but the, the generation a little bit younger than us really love Shrek. True, true. Now, this is not your cup of tea or my cup of tea, but I think we know that there's a fan base for this movie. The Fast and Furious came out in 2001. Oh, did it? The first one? Yep. Wow, okay. So that kickstarted the Fast and Furious movies, which we've been covering on this show. With Michelle Rodriguez with her big chunky shoes. Mm-hmm. I love that in that movie. Mm-hmm. A movie that I like, and you know that I really like this movie, Amelie. 
That family, yeah. French movie came out in 2001. That's a good movie. I love that movie. Uh, not more, not much more I can say about that. But at the time, it was a really big French movie that entered yeah. the. Come on, Matty D. Everyone loves that movie. It's worldwide, one of the best movies yeah, ever made. It, it entered. It sort of breached into sort of an international fandom, and people still love that movie. A movie that I don't like. I'm going to talk about a movie that I don't like, yep. and I don't think you don't like either. But we, I can't deny how popular it is. So uh, it's a selling point for 2001 for me. Is Moulin Rouge? Yeah, people considered a great movie. Not a fan of it personally. People are, go into a frenzy over this movie. Yeah. I'm not. I don't like it too We've, much. We talked about this on a movie talk episode before. <laughs> I believe it was called uh, "Totally Overrated," <laughs> which I do agree it is. But people love this movie, so I think it, it deserves to be put there as a point to oh, why yeah. this is a great year for movies. Next movie I want to talk about is Zoolander. Oh yeah, what a great Ben Stiller comedy. We've got so many comedy movies on all of our lists. It is. It, it, yeah, we do. We do. It's it's funny, but... Uh, well, it is funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I really like Zoolander. It was a huge hit at the time. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, no? I've seen bits and pieces of it. You've probably I- seen it through proxy and probably yeah. has have heard every quote from Oh, yeah. From absolutely. It. <laughs> now, in my opinion, this is the best Wes Anderson movie, The Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, there you go. Another Ben Stiller movie, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next movie I want to talk about is Atlantis. Oh, the animated one. The animated one. Yeah, not bad. Pretty beautiful movie. Yeah, not bad at all. Well animated. Great story. Michael J. Fox's Milo. Michael J. Fox's Milo. And the next movie, and the last movie I want to talk about is a great movie for 2001, is Ali with uh, Will Smith. Oh, which, Ali. Ali, yeah. Ali. Ali, <laughs> so, which is based on Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Uh, great movie, I think. Yeah. Good story about- Yeah, it's not bad at all. About him and, and one of Will Smith's best performances, in my opinion. There you go. Yeah. Those were some great movies. Those were some good movies. Now, it's not all great. So, that yeah, there are a few duds here for 2001. Well, you heard all the duds in 1994. The biggest one is Freddy Got Fingered. Oh, boy. one of the worst movies ever made, and rightly so. I know it was a troll movie. I know that guy made- Uh, Tom Green, right? Yeah, he made the worst movie on purpose and probably succeeded, but it's considered- I like his sausage piano. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, would you like some sausages? Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that. No, <laughs> I don't like anything about that movie. And, and when he jerks off the elephant, uh, let's not <laughs> let's not even talk about it. But yeah, okay. you know, it's considered with the room to be one of the worst movies ever made. But the thing about the room is it's fun to watch. Yes, this movie is just like painful and uncomfortable and cringy and embarrassing and and hard. Probably one of the worst pieces of cinema. But in a way, it kind of. It's a masterpiece it's, in bad movie it's making. It's a masterpiece in bad movie making. Yeah. Uh, another bad movie is The Animal. <laughs> oh, with, with Rob Schneider. With Rob Schneider. I remember that. We've also got uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, what? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, money 93. Sorry, 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 sorry. Why have got Jurassic Park here? Jurassic Park 3 came out in 2001. Oof. Alan. Uh, <laughs> not not the best Jurassic Park but No, but it's a hell of a lot better than what we're getting now <laughs> Yeah, it is, it is uh, Here's another terrible movie Max Cable's Big, Big Move, move. <laughs> I saw that in the cinema I saw that in the cinema too, it was dreadful <laughs> I didn't mind it It had uh, young uh, Josh Peck in it It did, it did, yeah uh, As Robe Guy Cable <laughs> what, a, what a terrible movie, moving on Moving on Google is Doc- my name <laughs> We talked about this movie as well it- uh, Doctor Doolittle too. We both were oh, like yes. talking about how terrible it was. Yeah, with the farting bear. Uh, yes, that came out in two thousand one. We terrible. talked about that in our Doolittle episode. I, I, you know, suffered that in cinemas as well. And also, oh, uh, it's funny we mentioned this movie as a joke in a, in a previous episode. Uh, the Black Knight. Oh, 
2001. We only mentioned that like two episodes ago. I know, I know. In our so, Eternals episode. So they're not all great, but I, I want to stand by 2001 as no. being a great seminal year for cinema. That it was- definitely shaped the next 20 years of cinema. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely as solid They're year. trying to sort of replicate and capture, recapture the magic in a lot of these movies and we're seeing sort of reboots and sequels and adaptations of stuff we saw in 2001. So there was a lot of other years that I looked at. But hard to beat that one. Hard to beat that one. I don't know if I'm going to be able to beat that, to be perfectly honest, because the year that I picked was 1984. I love that you picked that year. So that, to me, I think was a seminal year in filmmaking, and I think it sort of very much ushered the age of the modern blockbuster. Well, I guess 1980 was like the the year that, you know, really coined the the term blockbuster. Yeah. But you were saying that uh, 2001 was influencing movies for the next 20 years. I think 1984 was influencing movies and franchises for the next 30 years. Because the first one, straight off the bat, we've got Ghostbusters. We're going to be talking about another Ghostbusters movie (laughs) very soon. Yes. Can you believe it? So, yeah, Ghostbusters. Great movie. Great movie. Great comedy movie. Still in the zeitgeist. Yeah, still considered a masterpiece to this day. When people try to mess with that movie, people still people get, get angry. angry. Now, we talked about Beverly Hills Cop 3 in our 1994 list, but the first Beverly Hills Cop movie came out in 1984. Now, that was a good movie. That is a good movie. When he sticks the banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, that is. <laughs> Next one, it's going to be hard to argue with this. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Hard to argue. I mean, people consider it the weakest of the three, you know, 80s Indiana Jones movies, but I actually really, really like and it. And I would agree with that. I think it is the weakest of the three, but not the weakest of the overall series. Out of the five? No. no. I would Still say a good movie. It's my third favourite. <laughs> I third would favorite. say the same. But it is really good. I've got to say, I never really liked it growing up, but then as an adult, I've got to say, I've come around to appreciating it very much because it does something that the all of the other movies don't do. Mm-hmm. It's got this really sort of weird energy about it, and it's very much sort of more tongue-in-cheek than the other two movies, but it is very good, very stylish, love the soundtrack, fantastic. Yeah, movie. it is a real departure from what Indiana Jones was and it's very different because yeah. it feels kind of like a lot of the Indiana Jones movies try to do replicate the first one yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. and it very much did everything differently yeah. to Raiders of the Lost Ark and I think that really really worked for the movie but at the time people were like mm, we didn't want that yeah, yeah it's too different I don't really like it which is why to this day it's still considered by most people to be you know the weakest of the original well, three but I think it got a bad rap and it exactly. got a bad stigma to it exactly I think it's a masterpiece speaking of next up is Gremlins Joe Dante's Gremlins, which we've talked about in our Small Soldiers episode recently. Mm, Yes. Uh, It's not exactly for me. I never really liked it growing up, but I think it's still like a technical masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with how popular Gremlins was. It was better than Piranha. (laughs) I watched all of the Piranha movies recently uh, because I was going into like a Joe Dante deep dive after our Small Soldiers episode. Piranha's pretty good. Gremlins is much better. Gremlins seemed to scratch an itch that I don't think anyone knew they had. No, it was a very dark children's movie. Alongside Temple of Doom, I think this was the year that gave us the PG-13 rating in the US. Well, Gremlins was one of those movies, right? Yeah, that's right. Gremlins and uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom were some of the first PG-13 movies ever released. Yeah, they had to create a new rating. Yeah, because they were just too violent They were traumatizing kids. (laughs) Next up, another movie that traumatized me as a kid, The Terminator. The original Terminator. Original Terminator. Great movie. Not as good as Terminator 2, but uh, what is? (laughs) It's still a really good movie. I've got to say, you've got some good movies here, but there's a lot of movies on your list that have better sequels. Well, Gremlins 2 isn't better than Gremlins. I think I thought Gremlins 2 was regarded as better. No, it's not. No one considers that movie. You said that in the Small Soldiers (laughs) episode, and you're still wrong. (laughs) That movie's considered a piece of shit. Okay. Well, it's okay. It's all right. It's not too bad. 
Mm, I wouldn't say that Beverly Hills Cop 2 or 3 is better well, than... Last Crusade. I wouldn't say Ghostbusters 2 is better. Terminator 2. Well, yeah, those are the only two on the list so far. <laughs> uh, th- this one you can debate. The Karate Kid. No, the, cl- the Karate Kid is a classic. I don't think it's ever been outdone. Nope. By any of its sequels or spin-off nope. shows. Absolutely. The original has been by far the best. <laughs> Police Academy. <laughs> the first Police Academy. Arguably the best Police Academy <laughs> movie. Sure. Sure. Arguably. Yeah, sure. It's the best Police Academy movie. Here we go. Here's one that we're not going to debate. Footloose. Great movie. Great movie. Even the remake isn't that bad. We yeah, saw no. it together in cinemas. I mean, yeah. it's the exact same movie, but yeah. with uh, with the guy from Maverick in it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> oh, what's his name? Teller. Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Yeah, it was a really early Miles Teller role. Really early we Miles like, Teller. Who's this guy? He's really good. <laughs> <laughs> we saw it all the way back then. Once Upon a Time in America is next on my list. Robert knew, De Niro movie. Yeah, that's Sergio Leone movie. movie. Uh, I I like it. I appreciate it, but I don't I don't love the movie. There's a lot of stuff that makes me uncomfortable in that movie. Sure, done on purpose, of course. It's it's supposed to be controversial, but it pushes like the wrong buttons for me. Yeah, but I know you consider it one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, I love that movie. Next up, Romancing the Stone. Classic, classic movie. Classic movie. Classic was- ripping off Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> it was, but it ripped it off good. It ripped it off very well. I thought it was pretty good. A lot of people's favorite movie, by the way. The same cannot be said for Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. I've not seen that. So, everybody knows that the odd-numbered uh, Star Trek movies are the bad ones, for the most part. <laughs> I love that. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, came out a couple of years beforehand, and that's considered to be the best of the Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Search for Spock, not that great, but still, eh, noteworthy. Next up, we have A Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. We the, talked about- The uh, best one, probably. New Nightmare, easily the best one. Mm, I know re- you like three. Oh, yeah, Dream Warriors, <laughs> and I'm a fan of two as well. For all the wrong reasons. It gets, it gets a little crazy, but for a pure horror movie, I think the first one is... Yeah. It's kind of a little bit campy for me. Like, it's, I don't think it's aged particularly well. Mm-hmm. And the acting, I'll oh, forget about it. We were talking about Johnny Depp before in Ed Wood. Very early Johnny Depp role here in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't really like any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, to be perfectly honest. They but if I had to are, pick like, one... They're, they're fun trash. I would pick this one. I would pick the yeah. first Nightmare on Elm Street because it has all of the iconography in it. It was yeah. before Freddy turned into like a, a cartoon character, spouting cartoon character, and it's definitely better than Freddy vs. Jason, though if you listen to our, what was Come it, on. 2003 uh, movie time capsule episode, we know that I have a soft spot for that movie. Yeah, that, that's a fun movie. Next up is David Lynch's June, which I watched recently, and- um, How did it compare to the- Timothy Chalamet movie. Oh, it's it's better. It's um it's interesting. It's very it's yeah. very Lynch. Um, it very much. I is. liked it actually, I, and it's- I thought it was way more fun to watch than the remake because the remake is so dry, dry and <laughs> slow and serious. Like there's crazy stuff happening in that original. Oh yeah, my lord. Yeah. Oh boy, we could do a whole episode on oh, it, geez. but let's not. Next up is 1984, the adaptation of the book. Appropriately enough. Appropriately so. Released in 1984. What a classic, with, uh, classic John Hurt. movie. John Hurt is the lead. It's not a bad adaptation. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's fantastic. Uh, well, we just said it was fantastic. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a masterpiece. Sure. But it's pretty good. Uh, I think the book is better, to be perfectly honest. It's, it's one of my book. favorite books. Yeah. But yeah, not bad at all. Splash. The Daryl Hannah movie where she's a mermaid that turns ah. into a... To a person. Right. It's a love story, right? That's right. Man falls in love with a mermaid. It's like Mannequin, but with a mermaid. What what else can you say? And no Kim Cattrall. It's Daryl Hannah instead. Yeah, Splash. I think it's a Disney movie from memory. I know it's on Disney+. Plus. They did the thing in Disney+, Plus where they censored Daryl Hannah's nudity by making her hair really long. (laughs) Did they? Digitally. Yeah, this is recently. 
So they altered the movie to remove her nudity because they're like, oh, kids might be watching. <laughs> Stupid. Next up is Repo Man. I don't know if you've seen Repo Man. It's Emilio Estevez. Uh, it's an interesting movie. Very experimental. I like it a lot. I've heard of it. It's the one where, like, the per- the policeman, like, the-, the highway patrolman, the movie opens with a highway patrolman opening up a car boot and just getting irradiated and turns into a skeleton. Okay, well, then I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'd recommend it if you haven't seen it. Next up, classic comedy movie. This is Spinal Tap. Matty D's just nodding. <laughs> He's just nodding. I've never seen this movie. You've never seen it? No. It's good. What's Wanna- it about? It's about a band called Spinal Tap. It's not a real band. Oh, hang on. Hang on. And who's in it? Is it? Well, you've got Michael McKean from uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got the cast from Small... It's the Gorgonites from uh, Small Soldiers. <laughs> so, you've got Harry Shearer from The Simpsons, uh, Christopher Guest. Um, Is it like a road trip movie? Yeah, sort of. Right. Uh, the Nanny's in it too. What was her name? Fran, Fran, Fran Drescher. Yeah. Is in it as well. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a mockumentary. Uh, Rob Reiner, I believe, directed it. Or it might have been Christopher Guest. I can't remember. But Rob Brynick plays the director in the movie. And it's about this uh, fictional band. And it's quite amusing. Cool. If you haven't seen it, you've got to see it. It's pretty good. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. The Children of the Corn is next on the list. Interesting. Hardly a masterpiece, but it's was the f- they're still releasing Children of the Corn movies to this day, Maddie D. Oh, really? We had one this year. What? <laughs> okay. Yes. Remember how I said I was watching uh, every Stephen King movie adaptation? I've seen almost every Children of the Corn oh. movie. They're so bad. <laughs> this first one is easily the best. Even that's bad. Uh, it's got Linda Hamilton in it. That's, cool. That's pretty much it. All right. A uh, little dwarf man in it playing a child. That's that's always a fun time. <laughs> Let's move on. This is an obscure one, but I had to put it on there because it's a movie I really like. Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. What? Okay. So that is my favorite Tarzan movie of all time. It's really, really dark. It's like a really dark, violent, gritty Tarzan movie. Mm. Uh, Christopher Lambert plays Tarzan in it. Lots of death, lots of gore. But yeah, really good. It's a really good movie, if you ask me. Underrated, criminally underrated. I saw it as a child and it traumatized me because of how violent it was. So is Tarzan killing people? Uh, he's not uh, He's not killing people. He's killing a lot of animals. Okay. A lot of animals <laughs> killing other animals. Uh, and then he goes, you know, he gets adopted into regular society as is standard in Tarzan storylines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a scene where, like, he comes across this room where people are, like, have been butchering chimpanzees or, and gorillas and he just freaks out. But yeah. I think it's a great movie. I don't think many people have heard of it, but I think I've mentioned it before on this show. But anyway, let's move on. Next, we have Friday the 13th, the final chapter. That was the fourth installment of Friday the 13th, and that was the one with Crispin Glover in it doing his classic dance, <laughs> if you remember that one. Uh, I had uh, Corey Feldman as well as right. like a child, and he is the one who kills Jason. So, this is after the big third movie. So, that's right. Jason fully in his hockey mask. They got Tom Savini back to do the special effects. So, mm-hmm. the special effects are pretty good. It ends with his face being impaled on a knife, and he's like, Lovely. his jaw still moving. Not the best of the Friday the 13th movies, but if you know me, I don't think any of them are particularly good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Next is Breakin', the, uh, the breakdancing movie. Right. And Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo, came out the same year. <laughs> Both of them came out in 1984. And let's not... We just found out before we started recording this uh, episode that John claude Van Damme, his first ever role, uh, uncredited, mind you, was in Breakin'. There it is. It was his big break. Yeah, right before he was gay karate man. <laughs> I promised him I wouldn't bring that up. Anyway, let's move on. John-Claude, that is. Yeah, that's true. Yes, that's who I was talking about. Next up, we talked about John Hughes with Baby's Day Out. Next, we have 16 Candles. 
Classic John Hughes movie. Classic John Hughes movie. Problematic. Problematic. John very <laughs> problematic. There's <laughs> a rape there. Yes. But- and it's played for charm, is it not? Yes, it is. Because it's the nerd who's raping the yeah. girl. So if, you he, know. if he can do it, that's all right. Because in the 80s, women are objects. So it's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that. That's not the last movie on my list where this happens. <laughs> Next up is Firestarter, another Stephen King adaptation. Well, that's a classic one. With young uh, Drew Barrymore in it. Mm-hmm. George C. Scott is the villain. Very memorable villain as well. A one-eyed Native American child rapist, a murderer. <laughs> classic Stephen King character <laughs> there. Next up is the Zucker Brothers, uh, well, Abr- Jim Abrams and Zucker Brother comedy movie, Top Secret. So, well before they did uh, Naked Gun, uh, well, about a, a year or two before they did mm-hmm. Naked Gun, or maybe it was after the first Naked Gun. Yeah, Top Secret, Val Kilmer. As a spy in uh, World War Two, very entertaining comedy movie. If you're you into Zucker Brothers movies, definitely watch this yeah. one. V- Val Kilmer was underrated, absolutely, as an actor. And last week we talked about Wonka, and we talked about uh, Jim Carter, not the movie Jim Carter, the actor Jim Carter who's played Abacus Crunch in that movie. He was in Top Secret. <laughs> nice. Was one of his first movies. But yeah, Top Secret, I, I don't want to spoil anything about it because it's one of those movies that's just all visual gags, the same way that uh, the Naked Gun movies are. But it's, uh, I think it's done a little bit more successfully than, let's say, The Naked Gun 33 and a third, which I think came out in 1994. <laughs> Didn't mention it because it wasn't worth mentioning. <laughs> Next up is uh, certainly not a good movie, Rhinestone. That's the movie where Sylvester Stallone and Dolly Parton team up to do a musical. And we have the masterpiece, the oh. genius of uh, Sylvester Stallone singing Drinkenstein. So this was when Sylvester Stallone was trying to get away from Rocky, right? That's right. And he was trying to establish himself as like a more diverse actor. Correct. And then he learnt that what people want to see is- him They don't want to hear him singing. <laughs> and if you've seen the movie, you won't want to hear him singing either. <laughs> He, there was a point where he was trying to be a singer because I guess he was jealous of his brother <laughs> Frank Stallone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, just you wait until you hear. He released a, an album or something, didn't he? I think so. <laughs> I certainly have the Rhinestone soundtrack. Anyway, do you? No. Next up, another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Conan the Destroyer, the sequel to Conan the Barbarian. I haven't seen the sequel to this. You never have? No, no. I've only seen Conan the Barbarian. If you're into those kind of movies, it's it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I won't say it's good, but it's all right. Next up, Muppets Take Manhattan. Great movie. We're man. fans of uh, Muppet movies on this show. Great movie. Is that the one where Miss Piggy and Kermit are riding on bicycles in the park? They could be. I'm pretty sure it's that movie. And to this day, I'm like, how the fuck did they do that special effect? Because their legs are moving. Because their legs are moving. And you can see them. You can't see it like any wires or anything. I actually do know how they did the effect. I have seen behind the scenes, but it kind of ruined the illusion for me because up until that point, I'm like, how it's they, magic. How are they doing? Like their heads are moving and their, their legs are pedaling on the bike and there's no person with their hand up their ass in sight. <laughs> yeah, it was really well done. If that is the movie I'm thinking of, because it could just be the Muppet movie I'm thinking of rather than Muppets Take Manhattan. So I for, for, please forgive I me. I can't remember that scene, so I can't help you. Next up, The NeverEnding Story. Yes. Classic. What a good movie. Great, Great fantasy movie. One of the best fantasy movies ever made. Yeah. Great soundtrack by Lamal. Oh, the soundtrack is kick-ass. Traumatizing kids with uh, the death of a horse. Yes. Well, no, don't worry. He comes back at the end. It's all right. <laughs> Very dark movie, but oh boy, such a gorgeous and, uh, movie. And let's not forget that Deep Roy 
Deep Roy was in the movie. Yes, he was as the snail rider, right? That's right, snail rider. We mentioned Deep Roy last week in our Wonka episode, so it's all coming together. I loved this movie as a kid. Me too. I love the guy that dark. rode the bat. He was my favorite oh, character. Yes. And he's only there for like just a little bit of time. Yeah, he was impactful though. Yeah. Movie starts with him as well, yeah. I believe. Uh, and that that uh, that wolf that's chasing- uh, yeah, It's like the- Atreyu around. Atre- what was his name? Atreyu? Atreyu uh, yeah, chasing Atreyu, but Bastion becomes like Atreyu, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he works for the nothing, right? That's uh, right. And I'm trying to remember what the wolf's called. It's called something starting with G, but- I can't remember, but I really, I really like that uh, some creature. Good puppetry, yeah, yeah. And what, what was, a good bad guy? What was the name of the the luck dragon, the the white one that he rides around on Bastion and goes, yeah, uh, Falcor. Falcor is his name. Falcor. And then, then there was the rock eater. Oh yeah. Oh, well, that scene was really tragic with the uh, the rock eater. I big strong, my big strong hands. Because he talks about like his family was killed by the nothing, yeah. and he like even though he's really strong, he he couldn't wasn't strong enough they, to save they them. They really went there with that movie, yeah, and also had boobies in it. That's true. Stat- statues, statues boobies. <laughs> Again, based on a book, I've read the book. The book's pretty good too. Yeah, I've read the book too. It's very different. It is very different. So next, and it does have an end. <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> False enough. advertising. So next up on my list is Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Classic comedy movie there. Another movie yeah, where Yeah, you got it, you got The give nerd it to rapes the girl and we're supposed to consider it okay. <laughs> yes. Very problematic movie. They made so many of these movies, right? Yes, the they did, the and none movies. of them are good. It's kind of like the Animal House style humor. Did you realize that the main nerd was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Carradine. I can't remember. It's not Keith Carradine, not John Carradine, not David Carradine. The other Carradine, Ma- is it Matthew Carradine? The dad from Lizzie McGuire was the main nerd. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can see that now. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's, that, yeah, it's one of the Carradine brothers. Yeah, I, I know the character you're talking about, and, and of course, Lizzie Wargo is dead. Wow, that's crazy. I like that you, you don't. I I had the same thing years ago when I was putting it together in my head. Because he does look like you can see it when you think yeah. about it, but he's so young in those early movies, yeah, and yeah. they they make him deliberately nerdy as well. Like yes, he's he's, he's the nerdy laugh. nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is the Prince movie, Purple Rain. Okay. Yeah. 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 One of Prince's only movies. Uh, not particularly good, but uh, let's move on. <laughs> Next up is a movie that you'll, you know, it didn't come out this year, but this version did, Metropolis. So the 1984 Giorgio Moroder remaster. Uh, yeah, I was going to, I was going to, I was wondering if you're so going to bring this up because technically about, it's not, So, but they remade it this time. I'm not specifically talking about Metropolis itself because no. of course that came out in like 21. Yeah. But this version, I've got to say, is really, really good. I own it on DVD. I've watched it countless times. It's very entertaining. They threw a, they threw a soundtrack on top of a it. A very good soundtrack, if you ask me. Very 80s soundtrack. Mm, um, which, which works for the movie. And they restored some of the cut footage. Mm-hmm. It's not the complete. It's only about an hour and 20 minutes. I know you've watched about a three-hour cut of <laughs> yes. uh, Metropolis. We did a show back in the day where we covered that movie and I watched the three-hour cut. Yes. I was like, man, this was a long movie. And Kieran was like, oh, I didn't really find it that bad. <laughs> Wasn't even an hour and a half in my version. Yeah. I watched it recently. Still holds up. I still love it. Next up is a movie I watched for the first time this year, Red Dawn. Patrick yeah. Swayze going up against Don't know Russians. That movie. Oh, okay. So that's uh, Russians invade America. I think <laughs> of course they do. I think it's Russians and the Chinese, if I'm not mistaken, invade America. It's a real like Red Scare movie. Right. Um, and then a whole bunch of like a football team essentially has to fight back <laughs> with guerrilla war tactics <laughs> and Powers Booth as well. I uh, have to That's fight so back 80s. against the Russians. And it's it's not good, but I've got to say it's very entertaining. I was very entertained watching it. They're blowing up. Kids are blowing up uh, like trucks with rocket launchers. What can you say? 
It's got that famous Avenge me scene. Now, this is another obscure one, but it's definitely worth talking about. The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension. Peter Weller movie where he plays Buckaroo Bonsai. Uh, a very obscure movie. John Lithgow is the villain in it. Christopher Lloyd's in it as an alien. Uh, it's a very... He plays a lot of aliens, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. He's come up a lot in this episode. In fact, I think he might have even been in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock as a Klingon. <laughs> really? Yeah, I believe so. But yeah, uh, it's a very strange movie, Buckaroo Bonsai. Uh, Giorgio Moroder also did the soundtrack to that movie too. Uh, it's a cult classic, I'll say that. But uh, definitely worth checking out if you're into that kind of thing. And then the last movie on my list is Amadeus. I was waiting for when you Amadeus, were Amadeus, Amadeus. Yeah, I, I, thought, I, I thought you were going to bring this movie up because this movie was groundbreaking. Yeah. Uh, not a fan of it personally. No? But uh, yeah, still considered to be a masterpiece by most. That was pretty much everything on my list. Solid list. Yeah. Solid list. I can't really decide which I think, uh, out of the three lists that we brought up, which I think is the best, but I think we can just leave that up to the audience. Mm. Are the three years that we mentioned here better than 1939? That's the question. I'd say yes, quite easily. (laughs) Now, obviously, on a show like this, we always like to do the best and worst. So, I thought it'd be worthwhile mentioning the worst year for movies in cinematic history. And I think there's no debate here. The worst year- Did we cover this year? (laughs) The worst year for movies in cinematic history was 2020. Look at the best movies of the year. The highest grossing US release for 2020 was Bad Boys for Life. (laughs) Followed by Tenet. (laughs) Now, you and I both considered Tenet the best movie of 2020. But we hated Tenet. Neither of us liked the movie. (laughs) And so, of course, that was the year that COVID was really causing the the mass pandemic. People couldn't go to cinemas. Movies couldn't be released. They didn't. Any any of the good movies coming up, they pushed back. So, you just got the crap. Terrible year for movies. Easily the worst year in movie history. Easily. You can debate me on that point if you think, like, I don't know, 1992 is worse. Just I, I could guarantee you there are better movies that came out in 1992. But I love that the worst movie in cinematic history. We covered it. We covered it. We, we were covering the big movies. Imagine if our podcast existed back in oh, by the ni- way, the, 1984 the or third, 1994. Yeah. The third highest grossing movie of uh, 2020 was Doolittle. <laughs> so Great. Doolittle is considered one of the... The most successful movies of 2020. So, when you're looking at highlights for different years in movies, you come across uh, oh 2000, 2020. There's just going to be black screen at that Do point. Doolittle. <laughs> Tenet. Bad Boys, Boys for, for life. life. Oh, boy. Ouch. Yeah, no surprises there. Yeah. Well, I think this has been a really interesting conversation. I want to throw it out to the listeners, though. What do you think is the best year in cinematic history? Yeah. Which one of the three years that we mentioned, or four, really, that we mentioned, if we we're going to include 1939, do you think was the best, had the best movies on it? I think 2001 is looking like a pretty strong contender. As is 1984. As is 1994. 1994 was a good year in movies. That's hard to beat. My favourite part was talking about all the really bad movies <laughs> that came out each year. <laughs> yes. Because that's my bread and butter. Anyway, so if you have any thoughts on which year you think was the best in cinematic history, you can let us know in several places. You can find us on our social media pages if they're up and available. Because recently, Facebook deleted our potential spoilers uh, podcast And we're making too many waves. We're the bad boys of the podcast And we had to get it appealed and brought back. (laughs) So it is there still, folks. Yeah, what's up, Zuckerberg? Son of a bitch, why are you deleting our shit? Don't say that, he's going to delete it again. He's going to do it again. Uh, Then we've got X, which of course is a sinking ship. And then Instagram, (laughs) sure. Or you can uh, send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Or you can simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. 
Or Roxy, if you disagree, you can just ring me up and let me know. Mm. Yell at Kieran. <laughs> yeah, please do. All right, so before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. We're going to return to the world of actual spoilers where we're going to go back and look at a movie that we've covered in the past and see how close we got to predicting it. And next week, we're returning to the video game world where we look at how well we did with predicting the plot of Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Yep. I think Finally be, covering this movie. I think it'll be an interesting conversation. Certainly will be. So yeah, please join us next week for that. And until then, we'll catch you next time. And then the Undertaker comes in. Uh, well, his music is slightly different. <laughs> what does his house music? He's, he's got like that funeral parlor. Like that classic funeral. Oh, yes. Da, da, I da, see da, the evil da, in your da, eyes. Da, 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 da. But you know, my Undertaker will destroy him at SummerSlam. Oh, yes. I see.